Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rusty and Robert. It is January 3rd, 2000... Yeah, 2000... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's going to be like this for two months, man. And <laughs> oh my gosh. 2016, January 3rd, 2016. And uh, as always, I'm, I'm joined uh, by my co-host, uh, Sipu Bob, but we also have a special guest co-host. I'm going to bring up the mic here. Um, join me in welcoming five-time world kickboxing champion, Kathy Long. Hey, hey, how's it going? Yay, hey, how are you? Hey, really good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Right on. And as always, we've got my esteemed co-host, Sifu Robert Deal. Bob, how's it going today, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I I did, however, remember what year it was. Unlike my esteemed <laughs> host of the show, uh, I did remember 2016. Uh, the, the way today's been, though, Rusty, I, I, I'm lucky I remembered that we had a show at all. Yeah. So tell everyone what's going on. What's uh, going on? Well, my... my uh, my idiot son. I mean, my my beautiful child. Your beautiful son. Uh, my beautiful son. <laughs> we know how that goes. Yeah. Yes. He had a daughter today. That that makes me a grandfather for the second time. Of course, everybody knows about a granddaughter I have that's thirteen years old and lives in Vegas. Woohoo! Uh, Yay! But, I'm gonna give you some applause here, buddy. <laughs> Yay! Yay, granddaughter. She, she, she yeah. was actually, she was very, very beautiful. Mother did great. Uh, son was good. We took him to lunch after everything was said and done. Uh, it was just a fantastic day. It was, it was <coughs> unbelievable, man. So was Brandon freaking out? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, of course, see, as parents, though, Rusty, I know you don't have any kids, but... As parents, mm-hmm. we live to embarrass our children until we stop breathing. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. And you know, that's, that's exactly why you become a parent. That, that's it. it it's, <laughs> it's that, the, the kid, so the, the kids can, so we don't have to shag our own basketballs when we're playing hoops, and so that they can get, get a, a soda or a bottle of water out of the fridge for us when we're thirsty. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh, I, I, but yeah. He, his mother did start telling stories though today. Oh. To the other pair. Oh yeah. Oh. oh. I, it's bad when I start feeling bad for the kids. Oh man. <laughs> well, K 
congratulations, bro. That's that's so awesome. And the pictures you posted of her on Facebook, she's just so precious. I just wanted to squeeze those little cheeks. Oh my gosh, so cool. Anyway. You know, God made them. God God made them cute, so you wouldn't throw them away. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I love it. I, I I love that. That's a good way of looking at that, Kathy. I, lo- I love it. So, how was your New I'm Year? Kidding. How was your how, how was your New Year? How did you spend the New Year? My New Year was spent working. It was good. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so I I didn't get in trouble. I didn't drink too much. I didn't eat too much. It was perfect. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I had um I had some uh, private lessons on New Year's Eve and then I decided to just go home. And uh it, because I didn't want to have to deal with all the people out there that had already ate too much and drank too much, right? You know, I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, but then, then I ended up, Amen, you know, sister. going out with some, yeah, right. And well, I ended up well, going to go dinner out? with people. I did go out, but only to dinner. And I said, dude, I got to go home. You know, it's like 10. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I want to go oh. home. It's like 10. Right. So, so yeah, I was, but I, we were actually thinking about going to the space needle to, to watch the fireworks, but I, you know, I just went home and did it because I just didn't want to deal with all the, all the drunks and stuff like that. So. Well, I got to tell you something, Rusty. Uh, What's that? You know, I I drive for Lyft, and we were so busy That's on right. New Year's Eve that mm-hmm. our servers crashed. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? Wow. They, the passengers were getting alerts that we were unavailable. Uh, no way. Uber was charging $9 a mile. What? Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, somebody told me a ride from my to my from my area to Torrance, which is about forty miles, was two hundred and fifty four dollars. That's crazy. That's wow. <laughs> yeah, no way. That oh my is gosh. Gouging, that is taking advantage of a situation. I don't dig well, that yeah. at all. Yeah, it's that that's not cool. And and you know that, you know, people if people are already kind of buzzed to begin with, you know, they'll end up paying it just because they want to go around without driving. Yes. And right. yeah, so that's that's kind of that kind of sucks. It's just that's just nuts. But I I had some, I had some nice couples. I think I made the the men very uncomfortable, which was a good thing. I <laughs> Okay. The, the, the lady, I swear to God this happened. A lady said Bob, you've been you've been married for thirty years. I said yes, and she said, "What's the secret?" And I said, "Yes, dear." That's it. <laughs> she started laughing, and I felt this burning hatred go through my skull. <laughs> and I, you're but, a very wise man indeed. Yes, yes. I, I don't. Oh, Kathy, you, <laughs> you don't even know the half of it. This conversation went south really fast. <laughs> I said. <laughs> Because I said, girls, here's another secret. Don't act, don't expect anything from us. We're stupid. Guys are idiots. Don't ask us questions. Don't don't ask us questions like, does this make me look fat, or does this make my ass look fat? Because you don't want to hear the answer to it. And if we ask you something like, honey, what's wrong? Don't ask us something stupid like, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you because we really don't know. You know, you know, yeah. Bob always tells me, you know what, Rusty? You know, us guys were dogs, right? And I'm like, that can't be. You know, some of my best friends are are guys. Come on. He's like, no, we're all dogs. 
you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm like, seriously, come on now. I, <laughs> and I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I get to wondering now it's, uh, <laughs> well, anyway. you have to know that, that when you have as a father, if you have a daughter, then you have thousands of penises to worry about. If you have a son, you only have one penis to worry about. <laughs> yeah, but those thousands of penises didn't touch my daughter. My son already has a baby. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> oh my god! Big <laughs> time. Yes. You know, I've got to deal with my daughter. She can date when she's 35 or I'm dead. One of the two, pick one. Good luck with that. I know. I was yeah, going to yeah. with that because I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be all up for that. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so listeners, um, if you would, if you would like to give us a call a little bit later, we're going to open the phone lines at about four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Or if you don't want to call in, you can actually get to our chat board on our Blog Talk Radio show marquee. Just scroll down a little bit from the marquee, and you'll find our chat board right there. Type in your questions if you just want to say hi to Kathy, or if you have a question. But you know what, folks? It's a lot funner to call. So give us a call three four seven. Six seven seven zero six nine nine. All right. Well, let's get started, shall we? So, Sifu Bob, let's uh, start with you. Who do we have for birthdays this week? Birthdays this week we have Terrence Hale one three, Lauren Stagger on one four, uh, Carl Van Meter on one five, a good friend of the show Jules Mahalo on one five, a dear friend I believe Kath I know Kathy knows him and he was a guest on the show. Uh, Master Richard Norton, his birthday's on the 6th. Mm-hmm. Sean Cephas, uh, that sat at our table at the Honor Award ceremony, his birthday's on the 7th. Uh, mm-hmm. Mick, uh, the daughter of famed drummer for the Monkees, Amy, Dol- uh, Amy Dolan, her, her birthday's on the 8th. Uh, Willem Detour, her his birthday's on the 9th. And Nadia Smalley, her birthday is also on the 9th. And those are my birthdays for the week. All righty. Well, I've got a few, too. On January 3rd, I'd like to send a birthday shout-out to Grandmaster John Mack, a good friend of mine, Lori Johnson, uh, Elaine Powell, and uh, and Antia Geisler. I, I almost read her Facebook uh, Facebook profile name, which makes no sense to anybody else. But uh, Antia Geisler, their, their birthdays are on the 3rd. On the 6th, we've got Reverend Kent Bergstrom. On the 7th, Sifu Jason Velez. And on the 8th, one of my Black Belt students, John Moore, and Master Bill Hunter. Their birthdays are on the 8th. So, uh, Kat, do you have any anyone that you know that has birthdays this week? Uh, not that I can think of. Oh, <laughs> How about okay. that? <laughs> All right. Well, for everyone having a birthday the week of January 3rd through the 9th, this tune is for you. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I wanna wanna help you celebrate. I wanna wanna wish you lots of presents. I wanna wanna help you eat your cake. If you're bossy, bossy, bossy in the island way, you'll be jamming all night till the light of day. Your birthday. 
Happy birthday, it's your day to shine. Another year and you'll be looking fine. So have a no worries, just in hesitate. birthday. Have a great birthday week, everybody. Right on. Yay. All right. Announcements. What's uh, what's on the announcement docket there on your side there, Bob? I have no announcements this, this week. None. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> very boring down here right now. In LA. Well, if you're so, I, I, I guess it's hard to like find stuff going on if you're driving for Lyft and I don't know, getting a granddaughter. It's, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, very tough. Yeah, thing. very tough. Um, I've only got one, and uh, this event I wish I could go to. Um, uh, Alan Goldberg sent me another invitation this year, and I just my schedule just won't allow it. I can't do it, but. It's the Action Martial Arts Magazine Mega Weekend at the Tropicana in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's a Yay. Mega Week 2016. Yay. Are you going to be there, Kat? Are you going to this no, one? I, oh, I can't. You're not? I can't make oh, okay. it. Not this time. Yeah. yeah, I. you know, I've yet to make it. It'll be my first time if I ever get to go. <laughs> really? I, I've, yeah. I've been, I think, once or twice, but, you know, it's a, it's a pretty awesome event if you want to go. If you get to yeah, go one of these days. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, I'm like, Sifu Goldberg, you know, has sent me like, I don't know, like three, four years in a row. And Bob, too. Bob's been uh, been invited. And I, he, our schedules just like don't mesh with it. But one of these days, Bob, I say we should go. <laughs> I, I think we should. But besides the schedule meshing, my pocketbook just isn't quite that deep sometimes. <laughs> You know, if it was in Vegas, you know, we could get like we could get like pretty cheap flights down to Vegas there, man. But anyway, Atlantic City. You know, I've never been to Atlantic City. I think I'd I think I'd love to to check out this uh, this event. But it's this month. It's January twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth at the uh, Tropicana Casino and Resort, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And um, it's like one of the biggest expos and trade shows for the martial arts that I've ever heard of. I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands of people come to this. There's going to be like over a hundred vendors four tournaments going on in conjunction with this event and uh, all sorts of uh, martial art business seminars and stuff like that. So that's January 22nd, 23rd and 24th in Atlantic city at the Tropicana for more information about this event, go ahead and call, get your pencils out, everybody. 718 718- Like I said earlier, it's like one of the world's largest martial arts events. Tons of celebrities, grandmasters from all over the world, um, over 30 countries being represented. And uh, I guess this year there's a dance dance contest, really. (laughs) A dance contest. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? There's a Friday night party, a dance contest, as well as the banquet that they normally have, and 50 free seminars. And uh, uh, the NAPMA, the NAPMA organization, is going to be there doing uh, a lot of conferences and stuff like that. So, pretty cool. Cool. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. You know, so, you know Rosie, I, if one more, if one more person calls me grandpa, I'm going to 
friggin' snap. One, <laughs> okay, Grandpa. I want one, <laughs> oh, oh, great. The, sorry, the Grandpa. One, the one person on this line that can beat my ass. Just talk to Grandpa. <laughs> and you know what, Grandpa? You're going to have to get over it. Yeah. I all I want, Cassie, is somebody to say, you're a grandpa now. Aren't you too young to be a grandpa? That's all. Just somebody say that to me, please. <laughs> okay, you know, that to me, please. <laughs> if there's some way, if there was any way I could give a high five over the phone to Kathy right now, I would. <laughs> hey, Grant, this is all good, man. It's all good, you old fuddy-duddy you. Oh, oh, but you know what? I did find out that, I, I, you know, now you, you forced me to say it. I did find out Kathy's one month younger than me. You're one oh, month sorry, younger one, than me? No, I'm sorry, one week younger than me. I did. Oh. I, mean, I found that very interesting. Oh, right one, To the day, one week, seven days younger than me. Uh, well, that's that's good, you old fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went over like a lead balloon. Damn it! <laughs> I'm like trying to think of something to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here crying now. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't cry! <laughs> no crying aloud, buddy. No crying. That's right. There's no crying in martial arts. No, grandpas don't cry. That's right. And as yeah, a martial artist. Yeah, huh. I, you know, seriously, though, buddy, you know, you're going to be the cool grandpa. You know, it's kind of like, I see, I, I, I met my grandpa, like, like, not long before he passed. And, and, you know, I, I wish I really would have spent more time with him and stuff. You're gonna be the coolest grandpa. That's for sure. And you're going to teach her how to fight, too. So I and I, I also I also told her, told the uh, mother and father and the grandparents that I'm going to be really be the cool one because I'm going to take her to Int Sugar at City Walk, feed her a bunch of crap, and then say, here, she's loaded <laughs> on sugar. Have a nice night. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the beauty of being a grandparent. That's right. That's I used it. To do that with my nieces too. I used to like leave my nieces off with, with my sister and her husband after I would take them, take them out to like the Puyallup Fair or something like that, and load them up on cotton candy and ice cream and burgers and junk, and they just be all over the place. And they're like looking at me like, "Oh, I so freaking want to kill you." Well, bye. I gotta go. So. <laughs> all right. See ya. Well, see ya. All right, well, let's move on with the rest of the show. Now, normally, I do the health news, but I kind of want to do something a little different because it is the new year. I want to just talk a little bit about some of the New Year's uh, traditions um, around the world. Now, we, like here in America, what's, what's the usual thing? Everyone goes and watches a ball drop somewhere or, the, you know, something, you know, blow up in fireworks or something there's a lot of drinking and a lot of passing out and a lot you know just a lot of things that could get ugly right here in the united states however all around the world though they celebrate the new year in different ways so for example in thailand well in in ancient thailand quote unquote guns were fired to frighten away the demons now same with china china used uh fireworks um to uh, move away the forces of darkness, so to speak. And uh, in the early American colonies, 
the sounds of pistols rang through the air come New Year's. And uh, even today, Italians will let their church bells ring. The Swiss beat their drums as loud as they can. And uh, it says here, North Americans sound sirens and party horns to bid the old year farewell. So basically, it's all about making noise to to rout away all of the evil spirits and the demons and all the negative junk from from the uh from the year past. Now, in some other countries, you also have lucky food. Now, <clears throat> let's ah. start in the southern, yeah, lucky food. In fact, many New Year's traditions uh come around food. And I'll talk about the Philippines here in a second. But in the southern US, black-eyed peas and pork foretell good fortune, believe it or not. So I I don't know how they how they use it to foretell good fortune. I don't know how they how they do that, but apparently that's that's how it is in the southern US. Now, eating any ring-shaped treat like a donut can also symbolize coming full circle. And leads wow. to good fortune, yeah. And uh, in Dutch homes, fritters called oliebollen are served. Did I say that right? Oliebollen. Okay, so I guess they're round with a hole in it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And in Ireland, the Irish enjoy pastries called bannocks. That's their lucky food. And in Spain, now this is interesting. I don't know why, but this is, I don't know why they do this. But in Spain. There is a tradition of eating 12 grapes at midnight. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah, it's 12 grapes. That's that's interesting. So I wonder if that if each grape signifies a month of the old year or for the new year. I don't know. That's kind of wild. And uh, I can't, in India, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I, go ahead. I, I'm going to have to no, I'm I'm going to have to look it up cuz I'm I'm curious now. <laughs> All right. And in India and Pakistan, rice promises and uh, apples dipped in honey are a Rosh Hashanah tradition. And in Swiss homes, dollops of whipped cream, symbolizing the richness of the year to come, are dropped on the floors and allowed to stay there. (laughs) So go figure. Now, in other countries such as China and the Philippines, we uh, we consider long noodles to be lucky food. So when we eat long noodles, it's to uh, <laughs> it's to symbolize long life for the coming year. What, Bob? She <laughs> went first. <laughs> and I, I don't understand. I, and I, never mind. <laughs> now I'm <curious. laughs> I swear I don't have any noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's so funny about the noodles? <laughs> it could translate to brains, but, you know, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Eating long noodles, eating, okay, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. Now let's talk about drinks now, shall we? This is where This is where Bob's ears perk up. Okay. Now, here in the United States, we, you know, a lot of times, you know, we use champagne and stuff like that. But um, in some parts of England, wassail is the drink of choice for for New Year's. So there's that. And then there's the Scottish version of wassail. It's called spiced hot pot. 
And it's customary to drink a glass or two at home before sharing with neighbors. So I guess that means you get to get lit before you get to share with the neighbors. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. And in Holland, New Year toasts are made with a hot spiced wine. So there's uh, there's uh, some of the uh, lucky foods there. And um, actually, in some parts of the world, giving a gift for New Year's was, was a tradition. So, uh, for example, in ancient Rome, gifts of gilded nuts or coins marked the start of a new year. Um, the ancient Persians used to give gifts of eggs because it was a symbol of fertility. Um, early Egyptians traded earthenware flasks. And in Scotland, coal, shortbread, and silverware were exchanged for good luck. Huh. I know. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Okay, now here's some uh, here are some superstitions. All right. In Scotland, the custom of quote-unquote first footing is an important part of the celebration of New Year's Eve Day, also known as Hogmanay. Hogmanay? Hogmanay? I, I know that tradition. Hogmanay? I'm trying to think. What, so, what, so what's first footing? First footing is... You're you're the first one to cross the threshold of your household on that day on New Year's Day. Oh wow! Oh cool! I'm like trying to like yeah. look it up. Oh here we go. Yeah. Although uh, the tradition varies, those deemed especially bleh, let me try that again. Although the tradition varies, those deemed especially fortunate as first footers are new brides, new mothers, those who are tall and dark and handsome or anyone born <laughs> on January 1st. <laughs> well, that, well, that leaves me out. I'm not tall. I've got the dark part, but <laughs> I'll be the last footer. I'll be the last footer. And Bob's going, yeah, you're short. So whatever. Yeah. Whatever, Bob. <laughs> All right. And uh, I think, oh, here's, here's some more superstitions. Um, I don't know where these are where these come from but these these are in no particular order if uh there's the, the old adage if the old year goes out like a lion the new year will come in like a lamb and then for abundance in the new year the superstition is you want to fill your pockets and cupboards uh before the new year um in china and in some places in the philippines we uh, exchange the lucky envelopes um and uh if new year's eve night if the wind blows south, it brings warmth and growth. Hmm. All right. And then uh, last but not least, on New Year's Eve, you want to kiss the person you hope to keep kissing. Oh, okay. So that's some of the New Year's folklore from around the world. There we go. Right on. And that's it for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pretty wild how some of those superstitions go. All right, so let's move on to weird news. Weird news. What do we got for weird news there, Bob? This was very ironic the way this happened. Huh. So I thought I would share this. An anti-violence okay. demonstration in Newark, New Jersey, New Jersey devolved into a physical altercation between two activists. Now, let me say it more in English. <laughs> An 
anti-violence demonstration turned into a fist fight. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's crazy. Uh, I think if you were to demonstrate anti-violence, you just turn the other cheek, right? Right. Well, somebody, somebody turned it with the right cross. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, yeah. That was, that was good. <laughs> the small crowd began arguing on the steps of the New York huh. Newark City Hall on Wednesday about the city's attempts to curb violence. The demonstration was organized by two anti-violence groups. They say they wanted to urge Mayor Ross Baraka to put the quality of life plan into action to help address violence in the city. A group of Baraka supporters appeared and an argument ensued. At one point, one man put his hands around another man's neck and pushed him to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty (laughs) anti-violent. Yes. Organizers and other participants Holy. said the skirmish lasted only a few minutes and there were no serious injuries. Baraka says the scuffle is being investigated by New York Newark police and called it disheartening. No kidding, oh. really. They're going to wow. investigate why, why a fight happened? Are they kidding me? <laughs> That's that uh, that wow that that makes no sense. It's a Anti-violence demonstration. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. man. Amazing. All right. Well, I guess with that said, let's move on to Bob's Entertainment All right. A, sad, a couple sad events this week. One that most people won't recognize unless you're part of our generation, Metal Ark Lemon passed away. Now, yeah. do you remember who Model Ark Lemon? Isn't that weird? I, I used to watch him all the mm-hmm. time. And he's gone. But he he was he was getting up there. He was 83 when he passed away. But this one belonged to one of the greatest voices of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. We lost mm-hmm. Natalie Cole uh, this mm-hmm. week. Uh, oh, she was called one of the great voices in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole, she had hits like This Will Be. And Unforgettable, which she performed as a virtual duet with her father, Nat King Cole, died from congestive heart failure, although they were told that the underlying medical issues were complications from a kidney transplant and hepatitis C. Natalie had been very sick recently, canceling several tour dates in late December, including a New Year's Eve concert at the Disney Concert Hall in L.A. She also canceled an upcoming February uh, concert due to illness. Natalie struggled, struggled with substance abuse and was plagued with health problems. Suffering the li- from liver disease in 2008, she also underwent chemo for hepatitis C. Natalie, who was wow. married three times, had a son and was 65. She died in an L.A. hospital. Now, the news said a little bit more. Said, uh, the television news said that she actually contracted Hepatitis C from the use of a needle. Wow! So that that was related to her drug usage, is Man. what they're saying. And that's the shame. She, she had an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I heard about it on the radio, I was like so floored. Just, just like like somebody punched me in the chest. I was like, "What? Are you serious? Oh my gosh!" 
So, well, man, rest in peace, Natalie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's too bad. (sighs) Well, on a lighter note, Kat, do you have any upcoming (laughs) seminars or anything like that coming up? This month. Ah, gosh, let's see. Um, in March, I'm going to be going to New Zealand to uh, tour and go a few to several schools and teach. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, a few other places coming up, but we'll see how that goes. Right on. Right, New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand is a hot spot. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to go to Hobbit Town. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. I hear it's just so beautiful. It's it's on my bucket list. I want to go to Spain, New Zealand, and Australia, and, and go oh, back been, to China and Japan. But, I've been to yeah. New Zealand and Australia, but not to Spain, so I'd, I'd love to go there someday for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to go there and days. check out, like, the rich history. I've got, like, a bunch of fencing friends that, that do uh, historical friend, fencing. And I'd like to nice. uh, go down there with them and study a little bit on the uh, Spanish rapier and stuff like that. I think that would just be like so cool. So I guess I better brush up my brush up on my Spanish before I do something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you better, girlfriend. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Yep. Well, let's do this real quick. Let's go ahead and take a short uh, four-minute break. And when we come back, we're gonna return with kickboxing champion. Kathy Long, and we're going to actually go into the interview part of the show. So if you have any questions for Kathy or just want to call in and say hello, give us a call, 347-677-0699. You know what's funny, though, you guys, is that I was expecting the board to blow up by now. Um, so I don't know where everybody is. I guess maybe everyone is uh, is uh, still recovering from from New Year's or something. So, well, maybe they are. It's okay. Maybe they are. They're all asleep, but that's okay. That that, that leaves just a, a little party with the three of us. So we'll be right back after this, folks. Don't go away now. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always. Lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. 
it, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? Or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Alrighty, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699, and we are joined by our special guest, Kathy Long. Yay! So, Yay. did you have fun so far for that first segment there, Kat? Absolutely. That was pretty fun. So, I like, <laughs> so didn't I like I giving Bob a hard have... time, poor guy. Yeah, well, that, that's the whole idea. That's why I do this show. <laughs> no, you know what, Bob? Me and Bob, we're like brother sister. We make fun of each other all the time. It's you know, we kid around a lot. He makes fun of my height, and uh, you know, and I just make fun of him. <laughs> it's just, oh. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh man, yeah. All right, so um. You know, I don't know where everybody is. Like, you know, I'm like, come on, people, give us a call. But um, what we normally like to do, Kathy, um, for a first question for all of our guests is we uh, try to get our guests to tell our listeners out there about their beginnings in the martial arts. So if you could, can you tell us a little bit about what got you interested in martial arts and the, the styles that you got started in and stuff like that? Sure, no problem. Um, when I was 14, I was in a uh, freshman in high school. A friend of mine invited me to um, take an Aikido class with her. Oh, she cool. Was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what belt she was at the time, but she invited me to the class, and um, I tried it. And it, I didn't fall in love with Aikido necessarily, but I fell in love with the instructor who was just this Big giant, you know, Buddha. He has mm-hmm. such a very, he was very sweet and nurturing and caring and very supportive of everyone and mm-hmm. what they were doing. And, and I just really fell in love with that because I didn't have much of that at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fell in love with the the family structure that it provided that I I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Wow, very cool. Uh, I I hear what you're saying about Aikido because I did Aikido for only about two years. 
uh, before I had to quit due to an injury. And it's true. I mean, the dojo atmosphere was, you know, they give you the shirt off their back or the gi off their back, so to speak. You know, the just yeah, the, the, the you know the the amount of support and the 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 camaraderie and you know and the genuineness of it. It was it was really what I fell in love with also when I did it. Um, I'm kind of I'm still thinking about going back to it, but I don't think my back will be able to handle it anymore. So it's like, uh, boo. but. Well, I, wow. I don't That's even pretty- think so much as is that it's Aikido that promotes that. It's, it's it all boils down to the instructor and mm-hmm. you know the kind of atmosphere that he creates. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. I can't agree with you more there. Yeah, yeah, I can't agree with you more there. Uh, my my Aikido instructor was uh, was the same way. He was uh, he was very kind of like you know the the father figure for the for the dojo, but but he was. He was genuinely human also, you know, and that's what, that's what was really cool <laughs> about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, cause you know, sometimes, you know, you meet, you know, you meet the, and I'm sure, you know, Bob knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes you meet, you know, the martial arts quote unquote masters out there that just aren't, you know, that really aren't all that. And they're, you know, they're, they don't feel genuine. You know what I mean? So you know. Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Many of them have that God complex where they, you have to, you know, um, listen, hang on their every word, and they have to, you know, you can't train anywhere else. And, and right. what I say is 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 law, and yeah. on and on. And, and sadly, those people do exist, and that's usually because they're very insecure. Yeah, yeah, and it, and that's that's too bad. So yeah, so from from Aikido. I mean, everyone knows you as, you know, the a kickboxer. How did you How did you get into kickboxing from, like, let's say Aikido? I mean, it's it's you know, kind of, sorta, like a, a you know, a, a big divide in there. Total opposites. Yeah. Total opposites. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Well, <laughs> almost. I, when I was almost when I was seventeen, I met um, met a young man who was a black belt already in kung fu Sanzu. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily, I mean, when I first saw Kung Fu Sanzu, I thought it was awfully violent. Um, mm-hmm. But I but I liked the guy. And um, so I, I, I hung around him more and more and, and uh, adopted uh, Kung Fu Sanzu and, mm-hmm. you know, became a black belt in that as well. But somewhere in that training, after I after I became a black belt, I, I would go to local martial arts tournaments just to compete in forms. Because with mm-hmm. Kung Fu Sanzu, you know, we train as realistically as possible. We do stick our fingers in people's eyes and hit the groin and stomp on the knee and things that you can't compete with, but that obviously work in a fight. Mm-hmm. So a girl would challenge me to do point fighting with her. This one particular girl named Kay Morris. Uh, mm-hmm. And my attitude back then wasn't terribly healthy. <laughs> I said, "Look, you know, I don't, I don't do this point fighting stuff. You want to fight? Let's go out back and fight." <laughs> well, she would, she would. Right on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't a good attitude, back then. but um, she would never take me up on that. But one day, her, uh, her coach, her karate instructor. <laughs> called my instructor, who is also my boyfriend, and mm-hmm. asked if I would be willing to do just an exhibition kickboxing match with her because 
um, she had very few women to compete against, and um, it would just be nice if I would be willing to do that. Now, mm-hmm. I knew what they were doing when they asked. I knew I was mm-hmm. being set up. Oh, but yeah, yeah. But I thought, mm-hmm. if she'd been doing kickboxing for two years, I'd never done it. Mm-hmm. But I thought, all right, I'll take it. I'll take that challenge. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I only had ten ten days to learn how. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> they called me ten days before the event, and she, again, she'd been doing it for two years. I I'd, I'd never done it, and mm-hmm. I decided, all right, I'm just gonna figure it out. I went to a local boxing gym and trained for ten days, and then we fought. And now the catch is, she weighed one ninety, I weighed one twenty. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we beat the snot out of each other. And here's what's funny is that Peter Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham was my referee, the V referee. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, I remember at one point I had her by a headlock, and I'm punching her in the face <laughs> while I have her head in the headlock. And Peter's running up to me, no, I'm sorry, that's against the rules. You can't do that. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know the rules. <laughs> I just... Because I didn't. Um, oh my gosh! <clears throat> okay, so but okay, afterwards, hold on. So back then on. you couldn't punch to the face. Wait a minute, did I, you did couldn't I catch put him in a headlock. You couldn't oh. put him in a headlock and punch oh. him in the face. <laughs> I see. Okay. Of course, you can punch him in the face. That's highly recommended. I know. I was. I thought kick yeah. kickboxing. Come on. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So oh my god. The the fight finished. They the announcer gets uh, uh, up into the ring and he says, "Give the ladies a hand. We're tallying up the scores right now." Mm-hmm. So, I was told it was an exhibition, so was my coach. It was also my Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew mm-hmm. what was going to happen. We all knew what was going to happen. No matter what how the fight went, they were going to deem her the winner because it was her school who put together the whole the entire event. Uh-huh. Her school had the judges. Her school had this, that, and whatever else. And wisely, my boyfriend walked up to the announcer and said, "Hey, you know what? Your girl weighs 190. My girl weighs 120. And we were told this is an exhibition. So I'm going to promise you one thing: if you announce a winner right now, either way, I'm going to break your arm." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and the announcer immediately said, "Give the ladies a hand. What a wonderful exhibition!" And got everybody <laughs> clapping. <laughs> so that's one way to get the announcer to, to change what he's gonna say. I'm gonna break your yep. freaking arm, man. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That is so awesome. Oh, my gosh. It, it was amazingly <laughs> awesome because, you know, the the funny thing is he would have done it. Right, right. <laughs> that, that dude sounds like Bob. You know, Bob, <laughs> Bob, <laughs> Bob would have done the same thing. You, you know what? I'll <laughs> break your freaking arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. my gosh. That's awesome. My gosh! So, so that that's, was, that's so wild. You got set up for that, for, in a way. You got set up for that, quote unquote, exhibition. Uh, 
in a I way. I set up. I knew, I, knew, I knew what I was getting into. I knew. Mm, but I okay. also knew that um, this is the only way to, to keep it quiet. This is the only way to put it all to rest. And, you know, from that moment on, I was, I was so um, unbelievably scared. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, I thought, you know what? In between each round, I got up. I wouldn't sit down. I got up and I'm standing there with my chest out, going, "Come on, you still want to fight? Let's go." He didn't hurt. <laughs> he didn't bother me, and I just, I was scared to death. But I didn't want her to know that. So, right. you know, I did just the opposite. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I was getting in her face as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And every time she got near me, I just hit her as fast and as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. I was wow. pretty amazed by the the limitations of of uh, kickboxing as opposed to Kung Fu Sun Tzu. Mm. I mean, right. The, right. No eye gouging. Are, yeah. Exactly. No eye gouging, no, no pulling hair. Throat. Yeah. No stomping on the knee, yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, kind of, that's, that's funny because it's like, you know, I I do Kajukenbo, which is, I I don't know much about Kung Fu Sun Tzu, but it sounds a lot like hard hitting, get the job done, I don't care what happens, I'll kill you type of, you know, type of fighting art, right? Um, sounds well, very it's similar. not only hard hitting, it's hitting in the right places. Exactly. Exactly. As opposed to just like, oh, I'm going to hit you in the top of the forehead type of stuff. <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, I do kajikembo, uh, but I did karate before that. And uh, after I got my black belt, I decided, you know what, I'm going to enter a karate tournament. And I'm going to do kumite. I'm going to do point fighting. And that, you know, that didn't work out because that I just, you know, it didn't work out. Let's just say I I I I got disqualified. But anyway, and <laughs> and and then I you know that's what? when I realized, uh, yeah, what? No, no, go ahead. I'm with you. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was <laughs> just going to say that's when I realized that you know, you really do what you train, right? You know, what happens in drill happens for real and you know, after years and years and years of, you know, elbowing people, you know, you know, in the eye socket or, you know, pulling hair and ripping, tearing, grabbing, throwing, breaking stuff, you know, you, I found out, whoa, hey, you know, you can't do that in a karate tournament. And I thought, oh, I can do this. I can go back to point sparring because I can control that. But then, you know, the whole like what happens in drill comes out for real thing happened. And I went, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Exactly. What yeah. the hell am I doing? Yeah. I, was I, like, I recall my... entering. I'm done. I'm done. I just remember entering a karate tournament one time. Mm-hmm. And I stood I stood and listened to the rules. Okay, you're allowed to strike from the top of the chest to, you know, the to your hip bones, basically. The whole mm-hmm. middle area. You're welcome to hit as hard as you want to. And I looked at him, and I said, as hard as I want to? He goes, yes. <laughs> You're not allowed to touch the Yeah, I know. You're not allowed to touch the face, and, you know, everything else has to be focused contact. And I said, what does focused contact mean? Because I didn't mm. know. And he explained what focused contact was. You have, to, you have to pull your punch and make sure that you don't make contact, but you focus mm. on that area. I went, mm. okay, I get it. He goes, you get it? And I said, yeah, I got it. So we're stand- I'm standing across from this black belt, and I was, you know, I, I just threw on a white belt, but they didn't have anybody else for her to compete against. Mm-hmm. Again, not that many women competing. So um, mm-hmm. 
I stood there in a like my side facing her, and as soon as he yelled, "Fight!" I did a crossover side kick, hit her in the stomach, knocked her down, knocked the wind out of her, and I got mm-hmm. disqualified immediately. And I went, oh. I thought you said I could hit as hard as I want to. And the guy said, <laughs> yeah, but you can't knock the wind out of someone. <laughs> but that's well, a so fun. Too. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It... <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I I knew there was a reason I never went. To you know, full contact kumite or whatever, because you know back back then, I think we all did, you guys. I think we all had the you know the young and full of piss and vinegar attitude when we were younger. I mean, wouldn't you agree, you guys? Oh Bob? yeah. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, admit, I, I I did. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I have mean, a... I, I I you know I I did. You know, and I don't know. It, it, and depending on the uh, and depending on the situation, I still do. <laughs> but, but you know, back back then, uh, you know, I I had I had a problem with. Um, you can hit me anywhere in the head, just don't hit me square in the nose because that used to piss me off. I don't know why, right? And one one time during a no contact sparring thing this is a this is a funny story i, I was like 17 during a no contact uh, sparring match this gal like round kicked me like right square in the nose cuz i walked into it i didn't have my hands up for some reason and i got rip roaring pissed and <laughs> got myself disqualified and i was like oh my gosh and that's when i realized i'm never going full contact because i you know back then i didn't have the i didn't have the uh uh the personality for it, you know. Uh, I was like always pissed off. Someone hit me square hey, in the nose. Hey, I just go. Hey, Rusty. Go eight. What's that? If you can get disqualified <laughs> from a full contact tournament, doesn't that sort of nullify the meaning of full contact? No, I, I mean that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just asking. No, well, what the, the the point was is that if I got into full contact, I'd get rip roaring pissed. And, you know, lose focus, you know, flail around blindly, you know, that kind of thing. I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I was turned around on my knees and the other lady just wasn't getting up. And I was like, oh, uh, fuck, what did I do? You know? <laughs> what, did, what did I do? Oh, uh, never mind. So, anyway. <laughs> but um, you, you've also trained in um, – Filipino martial arts as well, right, Kathy? I have. Um, oh, right on. My instructor used to go to the Anasano Academy and um, oh, right on. Take take lessons, take lessons there, and then come back and teach us. We also had Cass Magda come and teach us a seminar. Um, oh, the cool. weekend seminar it was really nice. Um, had a good time with that. Very cool. Very cool. How, yeah, how, but, how did you how did you like the training in Kali or the Inosano method? The Anasano method. Oh, really cool. um, I, I I don't know that I can call it the Anasano method, but I whatever it is I was learning, I was, I really liked it. Very um, cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah awesome. uh, good training. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. I you know it's funny. I you know I I'm Filipino, but I didn't discover uh, the Filipino martial arts until I was in my twenties. I did Japanese martial arts up until, up until up until then, and I, you know, a lot of people just think that's really funny. You're Filipino, and you, and why did you wait so long to to do Filipino? I don't know. 
so go figure. Anyhow, <laughs> all right, I'm going to turn the mic over to Bob now. I've been talking enough. All yours, Bob. I, dude, I am so used to it. I am so used to it. So, uh, I love you, too. So, Kathy, tell, tell us a little bit yes, more about your kickboxing, where you studied, who you studied under. Uh, how it came to fruition that you actually jumped in the ring and, and did as well as you did with your record? Um, well, I... Um... After that, after that particular bout, I got into um, more boxing training, and I uh, had a few amateur boxing matches, which was kind of fun, and uh, a sadly a no-win situation for the guys because with with guys, if he you know if he beats up a girl, so what? He beats up a girl. If he gets beaten up by a girl, then oh, you got beaten up by a girl. <laughs> so right. it kind of it sucks for the guys, but that was the only people I had to compete against when I was doing right. boxing for a little while. And it was on an amateur level, and it was really, you know, not that big a deal. But the whole time, um, I, again, um, Chai Surasu is uh, one of the people that we, uh, I, you know, he came, I did a seminar with him in the very, you know, in the very beginning and learned mm-hmm. um Quite a few, you know, important things about kicking, um, doing Muay Thai kicks as opposed to just a regular martial arts or a karate kick. Um, and I think, you know, with the, some of the boxing training and uh, learning the Muay Thai from Master Chai, you know, I just picked things up as I went. I mean, neither one of us knew what we were doing. Neither one of us. And you know, uh, the one thing I can I can contribute to the, my success was two things, or the two things I should say, not one, was my sparring partners were all men and they were all much more experienced than I was. Mm-hmm. And secondly, um, my trainer was a, a, was a Marine and was used to, and he knew, understood how to basically torture people. <laughs> but I was in much better condition than any other fighter I had gotten in the ring with. And that was highly, highly valuable. I, I can't mm-hmm. say that I knew more, that I had more experience, um, but set definitely in better condition. Mhm. Definitely. You know, they say all skills being equal, the better, the more conditioned fighter usually wins. Usually. Right. Not all. Mm-hmm. Not always right. the case. Not always, but you know. Right. It can work out that way. Mhm. More, more so on a, on a, you know. Right I was on. pushed far beyond my comfort zone many, many times. And, you know, as, as fighters nowadays are, they, their training is far more um, strenuous than now than it ever has been, especially for MMA. Mm-hmm. But I was doing things um, that, you know, people were going, you're absolutely insane, like running with sparring partners on my back with, you know, lung restrictors, which, which was never a good idea. But, you know, all those things that people do now normally... I was doing back then, and nobody's heard of it. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I, I guess to my advantage, that's, that's what helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the like you said, you know, those types of training that everyone does now that you were doing back then that no one ever heard of. I mean, you know, I I think that's a, a lot of you know what really you know made you stand out in in the ring during that time. Um, during that time, you know, uh, when I heard about who you were, I, I, I followed your career and I'm like, 
whoa, holy moly, are you serious? You know what I mean? I was like, how 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 does she do this? You know? Yeah. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's really cool. It is cool. Oh, wow. You know, uh, I think back then, um, because my sparring partners were guys, and I, mm-hmm. I never sparred with women back then, and they were all much better than me, and I, I learned how to hit very hard because they hit hard, and they were always right. heavier than me. So I learned to hit as hard as I possibly could. With And, of course, with balance, you have timing and speed and power and coordination. And without balance, you don't have much of anything. And I, that's that's one of the biggest things I learned was mm-hmm. hitting in combination absolutely as hard as I could every single strike. Right on. Very cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Started talking again. <laughs> yep, she takes over a lot, doesn't she? She does. She does. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. You, one time, Kathy, I swear to God, this is no lie. She started <laughs> talking. Tell that story. Oh, God. I am going to tell this story. She started who, who talking. Who was our guest? Who was our guest that day? I don't remember. I don't remember. But she started talking. My wife. Would you like some dinner? I said, yes. She went up and got me dinner, walked up and got me dinner, came back. I ate the I ate the dinner and still hadn't spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's good that you give her a turn once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the only time I ha- there is a show where, where she does not speak is when she's not on the air with me. Oh, <laughs> that's the only time I can get a word in. Yeah, or or I'm or I'm driving and I'm listening, but don't want to talk because I'm driving. Yeah, those. Are <laughs> I you know that's gonna drive me insane because I you know whatever me and whatever that whoever that guest was, we must have been talking about something really interesting that we resonated with. So that's probably why you know you. <laughs> You didn't get a word in edgewise. But you go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. There All you right, go. Okay. You got it. Now, now. <laughs> God, you suck, Rasmus. God. Uh, <laughs> Love you, too. <laughs> so, but who, who, are, who are your actually main trainers? Who are, who are the ones guiding you through your kickboxing experience and training you the, the jab, cross, hook, and the the tie, other than Chai, because you had some unbelievable instructors. Mm-hmm. Refresh my memory. Chai, Master Chai, he used to split baseball bats with his tie kick, correct? Uh, that's the filthy rumor. Yeah, I've <laughs> never seen it. I've, I've just heard that that is a filthy And he used to hold his own bat, and he cracked him uh, with his tie kick. We we can't put it past him, but Eric Nolan was my trainer, and Eric Nolan was my boyfriend and my Kung Fu Sun Tzu instructor as well. Um, and, you know, we just kind of learned together. We figured it out. And he, oh, he would oh. get ideas from other coaches, and, you know, he, we were constantly learning about kickboxing and, and, you know, what it entailed and, and how to improve and get better. It was it was a never-ending um learning experience because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't know, neither of us knew, you know, much about kickboxing. So we learned as much as we could on the way 
you know, it's kind of one of those things where it seems like every career I've ever gotten into, I've just hit the ground running, not knowing anything about it, and just figured it out. Awesome. And this is no exception. Wow, and as, as well as your career went, that is unbelievable. That That is so cool. Now, you had, let me get my, my notes here, you had retired in, what, the mid-'90s, give or take, and to pursue yes. an acting career. Uh, now, you, oh, were, yeah. you were opposite some very powerful people at the time, doubling for Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, Walker, Texas mm-hmm. Ranger, which I have seen, actually. So tell us a little bit about your acting career and how you got started and what, what caused the acting bug to go off. Um, you know, I think, I think honestly it was more of Eric's passion for me than it was for me. Um, cause I'm, I'm an innately very shy person. However, I've, I had to learn over the years how to do interviews. Cause at first, I, you know, I think, I think when people would interview me, they'd ask me a question and I'd give a one or two word answer and I'd think, okay, that's good. <laughs> and they would go, um, can you elaborate on that? And I'd try to say a few more things, and it was really difficult for me to speak. But uh, waiting tables and interviewing are, are and teaching, of course, are, are the three main things that help pull me out of my shell a bit. I mean, in some situations, I'm still very shy. However, let's say this. Um, we were approached by uh, Albert Pune to, to work on the film Night, spelled with a K, with Chris Christopherson and Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Look, I I really want you to to be to play the starring role in this film." And in my mind, I'm thinking, "Hell no! I don't know how to act. <laughs> what are you thinking?" <laughs> and I, like, uh, no. So he spent some time talking, trying to talk me into it. And of course, Eric was very excited about the idea. He loved this. He loved the idea of me getting into film work. And. Yeah, I, he, they spent some time talking me into it, and what I didn't know was that Albert Pion was also talking to the producer, trying to convince him to have me as a starring role. He must have seen mm-hmm. something that none of us did, because you know I, I was just like, uh, I don't know how to act. I, I have no clue what I'm doing. I really don't want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he says, "Well, look, just, just, uh, just." Do this, do a reading with the producer, and I'm going to put you with this acting coach named named um, Katie, Kate McGregor Stewart. Kate McGregor Stewart is just an unbelievable, continuing to act. She's still working now, and she still coaches, and she's she's coached some amazing actors. Mm-hmm. And I went to her, and she helped me, and <clears throat> then I did this reading for the producer, and he goes, "Wow, okay." If you want it, you have it. And I said, okay. Wow. And then he, then he, we left, and I thought, oh, shit, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I, get did I just do? Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but then I worked with Katie for a long time, you know, for at least a, a month or so before the film started. And, you know, she, she did a lot to pull me out of my show as well. She, she just yanked me out of my comfort zone every second of the time I was with her. And let you know, she she didn't let up. No excuses. She she made me work and I, I'm so grateful for that. 
I was used to having to work hard on a lot of things, but usually it's on a physical level, not on a having to speak and act and do other things level. But I was used to being pushed and, and, and working hard in that respect. Um, so I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for her for that. It, it really pulled me out of my shell, and that was the, the beginning of the end, you know, of my career in fighting. Um, mm-hmm. My career in martial arts. Uh, I mean, I, I still I still teach and I coach now and I, I've trained and I've had fights since then. Um, you know, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Right so That on. was the beginning of the end of that of that era for me. Wow. Now, what what actually made you get back into it? Because you started uh, training with uh, oh god, uh, what uh, I, I, Eric Paulson? Sorry, Eric Paulson in MMA. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. A little late, but thank you. A little uh, late, yeah. Right. Well, well, what made you start you training in MMA and competing? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You've got re- to remember, before that, I went into boxing professionally. I was training with Eddie Levine. And um, Eddie Levine is, is just a phenomenal coach for boxing. And he and I were really tight. We got along well. I, I loved working with him. He was honest. He was good. Um, we did a lot of, uh, we would go to, you know, Freddie Roach's gym and train with a lot of guys there and did a little bit of training with um, Shane Mosley and did some training with several people. It was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I realized that boxing, to me, was very limiting. And I wasn't, there is a sweet science to boxing. Don't don't get me wrong mm-hmm. on that one. But I, I I'm used to being able to do a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought before I turned 50, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I really would like to, to, well, this is, let me back up. After I got out of boxing and, and I, I didn't like, you know, I got, I color commentated the first UFC and I, mm-hmm. I was there, had the experience of watching, to me, it just seems like the Gracie show. Like, okay, well, this was designed by the Gracies for the Gracies, for them to mm-hmm. succeed and excel in everything that they're doing so that they can win every single time because nobody mm-hmm. quite understands the whole Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu aspect. And I thought, okay, it's the Gracie show. And I, mm-hmm. and then I got invited to their school and, you know, had an experience there. And I just, I don't know, I was, I was a little turned off by it. Mm-hmm. But many, 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 many years later, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just got this wild hair up my butt, and I thought, you know, before I get too old, I'd really like to at least try it. Because I'd, I'd watched it off and on over the years and watched it evolve and watched it grow and watched it become something that I thought was, you know, I mean, the, there, were, there were kickboxers coming on the scene, like Murray Smith, for example, just, you know, turning things around. And wrestlers coming on the scene and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys having a hard time competing against them. And I realized it became a, a mixed martial art, something that I've been wanting to do and we tried to do a long time ago was just combine schools, combine arts, and, you know, make something different of it. It was nice mm-hmm. to see that aspect of it, where people, you know, decide to compete in a sport. It's not a martial art, it's a sport. Mm-hmm. But it involves martial arts which is kind of cool. Right. Just like, um, <clears throat> so I, I trained with uh, Gokor and 
Romeo Rem and Batiste Mansouri at, at Millennia for my first MMA fight. And that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. And wow. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was hooked. I was <laughs> all over again. I'm hooked. It's like, oh man, I gotta do. This. I gotta do more of this. Right um, on. And I went to, uh, you know, I had my fights. I had went on vacation. Did had some fun. Then I went into Eric Polson's gym to train, and um, I was training with a, a kid that really shouldn't have been in the pro training class, but mm-hmm. um, Eric felt sorry for him and let him train, and, and this kid, uh, he ended up, uh, I was defending a double leg takedown, and he, he switched his weight and, and slammed his whole body against my straight leg sideways and popped my knee. Yeah, really bad. Ouch. I, 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 knew, I knew the moment it happened that it was beyond um, just letting it rest. I knew, mm-hmm. and I, I was furious. I, I I got out of there. I mean, thank God Eric, Eric uh, Polson's body worker was there because he, he worked on my leg for a good hour afterwards, but I knew it was the damage had already been done. And mm-hmm. you know, But that was also the beginning of um, the spiritual healing that I do, the energetic healing that I do. Mm-hmm. Eric looked at me and he goes, hey, you need to call Patrick Price. And I said, who's that? He goes, He's a chiropractor out of Houston. Just call him. I said, okay. <laughs> so I called him, and then Patrick Price did muscle testing over the phone and told me exactly what was wrong with my knee. And That's I said, awesome. okay. And he says, you know, it, 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 chances are good it can heal over time, but it won't be the same, or you can get surgery. And, um, you know, it'll heal much faster. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I can't afford it. So, I, But I had a... I had an unbelievably good friend who's also an orthopedic surgeon in Pearland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I I scraped up mother's money. I, I sold, begged and borrowed, and whatever I could get a hold of money for the surgery. Um, but Ian, the, the the surgeon, he says, "Look, I won't charge you my fee. You can stay at my house. Um, we'll get you a ticket here." You just got to pay for the hospital and the anesthesiologist. And I said, "Great, how much is that?" And he goes, three grand." <laughs> so it took a while. Yeah, <laughs> it took a while. But I, I did it. I scraped together the money and got the surgery. But in the meantime, I continued talking to Patrick Price, and mm-hmm. I was so intrigued by the fact that when the surgeon went in and worked on my knee, he told me what was wrong with it. He told me what got torn, and that was exactly what Patrick told me, exactly. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I want to learn more about this. And um, mm-hmm. brought him in to just do a talk to some people that I knew who would be interested in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick invited me to... Um, at that time, his name was Robert Avilas, who was a seven-string violinist who create, created music designed just for healing. Because our bodies, you know, are all all vibrate. Everything in mm-hmm. the body vibrates. Everything vibrates. Mm-hmm. And he discovered the vibrational codes. I guess is a good way of putting it mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. our DNA, and designed music just for healing, which works. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's true. We're all just, you know, light and energy and vibration. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And once you understand how to manipulate that, because even your mm-hmm. thoughts vibrate, you can you can create pretty much anything you want to with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, something to wrap your mind around. This entire world was created with our thoughts. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to wrap my mind around it right now, but otherwise I'd be like, where'd Rusty go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but this this last MMA fight that I had, I was training with the Josh Barnett and their group, and, God, it took me months. He, Josh would bring his group in to tap out where I was teaching and, and train his guys, and I just, I was so intrigued by the way he teaches, and I just thought, oh, man, I love this. And... Mm. I'd go and I'd walk out of my class. No, this is bad. I'd walk out of my class and sit down next to him and just watch and and just. I was so I loved the way he worked with his people, and one day, it took me months, like three or four months, to finally get up the courage to just to ask him, "Hey, do you think I could train with your guys?" And he looked at me and he goes, "Sure," just like that. <laughs> I'm not. Ah, you idiot! You should have asked him a long time ago. <laughs> I, I trained with them for a good long while, and you know, I was approaching the age of fifty, and I just thought, man, I gotta have a fight before, before it's too late. I, I really want to try this, and um, it's funny, you know, when you decide you want to do something, either either universally it accepts it and sets everything in motion for that to happen or it doesn't. Right. Um, it took a while. It took a while for me to to get started and get going and, and take it to that next level. And then, then there came the trying to find somebody to actually compete against me. Oh, right. <laughs> that was probably one of my biggest obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, one, I'm 50 or 51, and two, I've had way too much kickboxing experience. And three, mm-hmm. people are saying, well, will the, will the, will the commissioner, even, will the state athletic commission even let her fight? And of course, as long as I pass all the medicals, of course they'll mm-hmm. let me fight. But, you know, it's just a, a huge struggle find an opponent and then uh, one week before my last MMA fight she backed out one week before oh man (laughs) yeah and then so they they scrambled I mean they really literally scrambled and to find anybody in Mexico who'd be willing to compete against me and they found somebody god bless her (laughs) (laughs) bless her yeah but I you know, with that fight, the whole experience with it, the struggling to find an opponent, um, finding promoters who who were willing to let me on their card, for one, I finally mm-hmm. had to, to put myself on my own promotion. You know, oh, so I promoted uh-huh. that event. And I just thought, you know, this is entirely too difficult <laughs> to, <laughs> to get a match. Uh, I, I won't stop training, however, um, I just don't know that I'm going to continue competing on that level. Right. But at least I got to have two MMA fights, 
and I won them. So yay! Yay! Yeah, that gets that gets some applause too. Here we go. Yay! Thank you very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what oh, I really man. like doing mostly, though, I I mostly like, um, especially when I was working with Josh's group. I I, you know, if they had an ooch or an ouch, I was able to help them. You know, uh, ease whatever stress or pains. I'd give make sure that they had a massage right before their fight and. You know, the healing work I think is really where my my giant passion is now. Um, mm-hmm. I've accepted I've accepted that is it's just going to be too difficult to have more fights. And right. I really love the the healing work. Um, finding you know I just seem to I don't know more more kids I say kids they're in their early twenties. They <laughs> they're seem kids. To gravitate to me. They are the kids, but yeah, they're yeah. they're you know they come to me and they ask me. And I I see that they are hanging on every word I say. So it really keeps me humble and keeps me on point um, mm-hmm. to not be judgmental, to, to not promote anything other than love and mm-hmm. everything that stems from love because, you know, it's so easy to go the other way. And exactly. if, you're influen- if you have influence over kids, then, you know, they they sometimes don't necessarily think for themselves. They'll just take you at your word. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, what is your word going to be today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's deep, isn't it? You know, I mean, to to ask yourself that, what's your word going to be? That's, uh, now, it's, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and... every moment of the day. Yeah, right? I'm going to go ahead and bump in on this, Bob, because... You know, since we're on the subject of energetic healing, so <clears throat> I'm a I'm a Reiki practitioner, and um, yes, you know when when you told me that you worked in energetic uh, energetic healing, I was like really intrigued about it because I'd never heard about um, the uh, the method that you use. So, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, about your energetic work? Yes, absolutely. Um, Please, cellular release was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Created by Patrick Price in Houston, Texas, and mm-hmm. he um, he had a near death experience and was told while he was on the other side that he was going to become a healer and a teacher mm-hmm. of that healing, and that um, you know it's funny he he says that as a kid he always wanted to be a superhero, mm-hmm. and that was something that they told him when he was on the other side, it says, you are going to become a superhero, the hero for healing. Um, and you are going to be bestowed with gifts that will uh, allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, with cellular release, we help the person go into uh, a theta state. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with the different mm-hmm. levels of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Well, when you help somebody go into a theta state, a theta state is where you're closest to your higher self, you have the most visions, uh, your imagination is pristine and clear. And mm-hmm. that's where that's where when we get people to that state of mind, that state of consciousness, um, then the real work begins. Mm-hmm. I've 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 watched I mean uh, energetically, because I, you remember everything vibrates. So mm-hmm. 
reaching into somebody's body energetically and pulling out uh, toxins or um, uh, negative. Because if you think about it, and I'm I'm hesitating to use the word words like cancer because, right, um, right. You know, the last thing we yeah. want to say is that we can heal cancer. However, exactly. you can heal your you can you can heal yourself from cancer, and that is what mm-hmm. I do. I prom- I promote create an environment where you can heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I I am orchestrating it. I am allowing you to. I, I'm creating the environment for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Right on. I've, now, how how does I've this how some, does cellular release compare to like let's say i mean not i don't want to compare cuz that's not the point right but how is it different it isn't from like let's say quantum healing you know holographic healing you know reiki well i mean it's all it's all the same but like um uh, is the uh how silly is the method different i yeah, that's cuz i don't know anything well, about yes um i can tell you right now I, I don't know as much about quantum healing, uh-huh. um, but I do know that in the years, in the almost four years that I've been doing this now, um, uh-huh. I've, I've witnessed some pretty amazing things. Uh-huh. Because I, I, I can look at the person while they're while they're in a theta state and while the healing is going on. And here's an example. Um, Angels will come in and, and take over sometimes, and they mm-hmm. will uh, lift and manipulate and move different areas of the body. And I've mm-hmm. I, I, I've I've seen people almost levitated off the table. I've mm-hmm. seen people um, um, vibrating, and I mean, uh, have you ever seen a fish? You have you ever gone fishing? You pull the fish out of water, and it's it's fishtailing so much that yeah. you know, it looks like it's going to vibrate itself off the table or off the right. boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've seen I've seen people do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's different. Every single person is different. Exactly. But um, when you are in tune with that person and you're you're connected with God and, and or source or whatever name you want to give it, and you've asked for their their guides and my guides and whoever else mm-hmm. uh, of the light who, who wishes to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people's ch- face completely change. Like they turn to a, they go back to 10 years old or 12 years old. Right. And their face literally, literally changes. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes people, when they go into that data state, um, that's where they, make the connection, not necessarily physically make the connection, but they connect with their higher self or their, their angelic guides or God. And mm-hmm. um, make the change in that at that point. Uh, we also are given gifts that we can allow, that we're allowed to, to um, place with them and give mm-hmm. them. I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, no, well, I I'm not sure maybe how to other to people, it. but I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. Okay, uh, yeah, because yeah, I can't think of any other way to put it. But that you know that, and that is literally energetically placed inside them, as well as energetically being able to pull things out of them. 
mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, entities that have, you know, become attached for whatever reason, um, you know, those, those, sometimes they don't realize they're hurting the host that they're living in. And, you know, right. they, it's just a matter of letting them understand that, you know, they're causing damage and they need to go and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's so many different situations that I've seen in just myself. Um, I had this one woman who came to me. She was staying with her sister. She lives in Hawaii. She was staying with her sister for one week. Um, we got in touch with each other. And she told me afterwards, she didn't tell me before, she told me afterwards that um, she had visited her chiropractor and he took some x-rays and he was concerned about her bones. He didn't want to say it, but he was thinking that maybe she had uh, cancer that was spreading out, spreading throughout her bones. Mm-hmm. He just told her that he was very concerned about the x-ray that he saw and would he please come back to her and see her again when she got back. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go into specifics or details. But while I was working with her, she told me that she was there with her spiritual, her main spiritual guide. Mm-hmm. And the guide told her, he goes, look, um, you, you've got a, a pretty... You've got a future coming up that's that's going to be incredibly painful. And she said, "Well, how does this look?" He goes, "Well, you've got bone cancer, and it's already spread throughout your entire lymphatic system and and into your bones." Mm-hmm. And she said, "I don't think that I want to go through that." Um, <clears throat> he said, "Well, then you've got a choice. Uh, we can get rid of it now, or you can." you know, go through the necessary steps with chemo and radiation and things like that. She mm-hmm. said, let's get rid of it now. Let's get rid of it now because I still want to stay here and I still have a lot of, a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And this is the conversation she's having with her spiritual guide. Mm-hmm. And the two of them just eradicated it out of her body. Wow. See, she that's, that's awesome. After, yeah, she told me this after she, you know, came back into herself and was able to communicate with me. And then two days later, she went back to Hawaii. She went to see her chiropractor, and the chiropractor took an x-ray, and he goes, wow, everything's normal, perfect, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell happened, but maybe I was looking at the x-ray wrong. He didn't know. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's, that's, that's a great story. That's, that's amazing. I'm, like, I've seen some stuff, too. Um, have you heard of um, Matrix Energetics? With uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett, have you heard nope. about that? It's uh, well, nope. it's um, it's I I can't say it's similar because I really don't know you know the ins and outs of cellular release, but um, I have uh, I have a friend that uh, used to teach under the uh, Matrix Energetics um system, and um, I used to hang out with her, um, and watch uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett speak. And uh, stuff like that, and was, and I've just seen some just amazing stuff. A lot of you know, uh, a lot of what you're talking about about you know people vibrating off of their chairs and you know um, changing, going back, you know, to a different yes. place, um, you know, and living, yes. you know, the the quote unquote hologram that Dr. Richard sets for them and and stuff like that. And it's you know, and <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna put out a disclaimer out there because I know me and uh, Kat are talking about stuff that might go over 
people's heads or some people are out there going, what the hell is this bullshit, right? But, this um, is not martial arts. <laughs> this is not martial arts. But, you know, this is something I wanted to ask Kat about, you know, because, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very rare, Kathy, that I meet people that not only are martial artists but, are, but do delve into the healing. Um, you know, and seriously, I mean, I know, I know people that, you know, are acupuncturists or naturalists and, uh, naturopaths and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, uh, very few and far between I meet martial artists that, um, also delve into the, the spiritual side, the way you do, and, and also the energetic side, the way you do, um, which is why listeners, that's why me and her are talking about that. So anyhow, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. You know, to everyone, you know, just just listen, have it, listen with an open mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know. Yeah. But <laughs> here's here's the most important thing to remember, even in martial arts, because you know some people talk about how how strong visualization is. Um, yes. <clears throat> but unfortunately, many people who visualize, <clears throat> they'll visualize it, but they'll then but then they'll talk about. Um, It, there's still doubt in their mind, and a lot of right. times, you know, it's there's there's a, there's a very important way to visualize, <clears throat> and it's not so much with what you wish to see in your mind. It's it's like you've got to feel it with every ounce of your being. You've got to feel mm-hmm. and with that same desire and that same um, wonderful feeling. If you can remember, here here's what I told somebody. Can you remember? winning an event, winning a race, winning, uh, you know, a tennis game or winning something and how great it felt at that moment. Remember how Mm -hmm. great that felt? And, you know, if they stop and they really think about it and remember how wonderful it felt at that time, if you can recall and bring up that Mm -hmm. emotional feeling, that is what you use to create with. That is what Mm -hmm. you use to manifest what you want. That is what you use. It's not... Yes, I see myself winning. I see my I see them raising my hand. Right. But you forget how to feel what that's like. And when you can feel what that's like when you're wishing when you're wishing for it and you're asking for it, that's how you get it. Amen. You know, and I hope everyone's listening to that as far as like a, a you know, like a motivational thing because it's true. What exact exactly what you said. It's true that, you know, a lot of people, you know, going through their, let's just say, martial art careers or whatever, you know, they want to be a world champion and stuff. And, you know, it, it's funny that you that you mentioned that you have to feel it, you know, with your whole being, because that's exactly what my own Sifu in Wushu told me, because my dream at one point was before I turned, uh, before I turned 40, this was, this was my, this was my dream, like 10 years ago, before I turned 40, Oh, that was 40, a while wanted, ago, yeah. Just shut up, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll, well, I was going to say, I ain't that old. Oh, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to be 50 next year, so it's, it's <laughs> that'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> anyway, but I, I told myself, before I before I turn 40, I want to be a Wushu World Champion. I want to compete in the, you know, Wushu World Championship and stuff like that. And, you know, my teacher, my teacher, she goes, do you really want to be a champion? And I said, yeah. She's like, then you must trust me and do everything I say. You know, and so I did, right? Um, yeah. But I was kind of like following blindly. You know, I just did what she said. You know, I'd run the stairs right. and I'd lift the weights and I'd jump higher and run faster and, you know, all that other, you know, wushu tumbling stuff, right? Um, yes. And, she's, and then she's like, no. And she's Chinese. So this is what she said. If you want to be champion, you must be 
champion. Do you understand? And I was like, yes. Uh, no. Of course I understand, <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> yeah. I was just, you know, I was exactly. Like, exactly. I was kind of like, no. She's like, no. You you can't just say I want. You you have to you have to be it. You have to feel it. You have to you have to you have to be it. And then she started talking in Chinese and I then then I lost her. She's like, Rusty, you you're not gonna make it if you just follow. You you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's sounding like Yoda. You know, you have to be it, you have to do it, you have to it has to be you. Right, as opposed to to just do what I say at that point. Now, you know, yeah. To to that point, you know, people ask me, "Did you want to become a a world champion in kickboxing?" Mm -hmm. And when my coach asked me, he goes, "Do you want to be a world champion?" I had no clue what that meant. I just said, "Yeah." Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what I said. I was like, "Sure, I want to be a world champion." But you know, you know what I discovered hmm. when I was when I was midway through my kung fu sansu training. Well, let me back up, and and I don't. We probably don't have how much time do we have? We've got about another twenty minutes. All right, I won't. I won't speak too much on it. But anyway, um, when I was ten, I, I drowned in a pool, and I was dead for two minutes, physically dead. Man. That two minutes might as well have been an eternity. Right. Because it was the most beautiful and profound and, and joyous, loving, caring, uh, unbelievable feeling I've ever had in my life, in mm-hmm. my physical, human existence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. And you rem- and you- and 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 and, the- and and that's not the funny haha but and and the cool thing is is that you 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 experience that and you remember it to this day and you know oh, I remember that- so much about it you know just this unbelievable overwhelming uh, profound sense of love and that's all that God is but aside from that because I won't I won't go in there because I can talk for hours on that one but I I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just go on to say that do a different show on that one or something. Flash flash forward to I'm in the middle of my Kung Fu Sansu training. Mhm. And my my one of my favorite workout partners Mike Leftwich, he swept me to the ground and I hit the ground hard and of course we know how to fall. And mm-hmm. you know that that wasn't that wasn't uh oh, but he, he 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 did some sort of leg sweep and I hit the ground really hard. But when I hit the ground, I woke up. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. I didn't get knocked out. I woke mm-hmm. up. That mm-hmm. raw, ruthless, mm-hmm. fierce, want to rip your face off animal was alive. Suddenly, quite alive and very well. Mm-hmm. And I. Tore into Mike Leftwich with a with a technique because he threw a punch at me and we're going back and forth. And every time he threw me down, I threw him down twice as hard. And then he'd throw mm-hmm. me down harder, and I throw him down harder still. And mm-hmm. I was ripping through all my training partners and hurting them. And I I, I didn't care. I didn't realize it. It didn't matter to me. That's pretty mm-hmm. hard because that's what we do. And mm-hmm. finally, Eric had to pull me inside and say, "Cat." Nobody wants to train with you. I said, what do you mean? What's wrong? What's the problem? <laughs> you see, 
<laughs> you're, 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 you're hurting them. I said, well, they're throwing me down hard, so I'm throwing them down hard. What's the problem? And I, I didn't understand. <laughs> it took me a long time. It took me a long time to realize that you know. I mean, I, I realized what had happened, but I didn't know how to control it. I didn't know how to temper it. I didn't know how to use it when it was necessary, but only when it was necessary. You mm-hmm. know, I just, I just um, woke up. Mm-hmm. So, flash forward to. You know, I'm a black belt already because this was, you know, when that happened, I was in mid-green, and the hunger never, never ebbed, ever. It mm-hmm. never stopped. The compassion for and my love for people only grew and got better and more profound mm-hmm. and, and much deeper. But um, there was a that that raw, ruthless overpowering, not overpowering, but incredibly powerful um, animal as well. Mm-hmm. So when Eric asked me if I wanted to become a world champion, and I looked at him and I said yes, and I had no... Um, what I, one thing I did know was that I, I was a damn good fighter. And I knew then, just like I did when I was 10 years old, that I had been on this planet over a thousand times as a warrior fighting. Mm-hmm. And it became perfectly natural to me. Mm-hmm. So when I was mm-hmm. kickboxing, I didn't I didn't bother to do the strategy on the fighter. Eric did all that. Um, oh, uh huh. He would he would research them and find out what gym they're from and get to get all the ins and outs. But I knew that as long as I stayed in the moment and I dealt with what was there in front of me, I would be fine. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, it's funny, because back then, there was no Google either. You actually had to go and research and visit gyms yourself to yeah, find out exactly. about these people, right? You're yeah. right. There was no Google. Right. We're talking, get in your car and drive over to their gym and or send a spy to go watch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or get VHS, VHS tapes if you can. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was, oh it, was, it was beta back then. It was there was no VH. VHS, dude. VHS. Real real to real audio recordings and yeah. Not that bad. Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but we all remember, we all know what real to real is. Today's kids are like, What the hell's a real to real? But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we laugh. Um yeah. and they look at us and they say, Yeah, grandpa. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, about oh real. God. Oh. Oh, Cassie. Oh, that's stung. That's stung. Oh man. We love Dude, you. I'm right oh. there with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, somebody worded something, and I shared it with with uh, Rusty. Somebody worded it as Bob is going to be a great grandpa. <laughs> Meaning I was going to be a good grandpa, and he just added another 30 years on in my life. <laughs> but you are going to be a great grandpa. Yeah, so, you're going to be you're uh, going to be the cool grandpa. <laughs> I am. I am, actually. Yeah. I'm going to spoil the hell out of it. Uh, so, yeah. Kathy, we, we know a lot of the same people. Uh, Alan Woodman, Greg Wooldridge is like my best friend. I got him in Inside yep. Kung Fu. So we've been hanging around a lot. In fact, Rusty, I have to say, Kathy, this, and I was very specific last time I saw you. 
I said, Kathy, this is from Greg Woldridge. And I put my arms around her and gave her a big hug. I was mm-hmm. going, right? because I was, th- I was thinking, do not rip my throat out. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is from our per- close and personal friend because I just texted him and said, I'm here with Kathy. And he mm-hmm. said, give her a hug for me. So I did that. Now, Kathy, things you didn't want to do like acting. You're, you're a sought-out trainer, and you've been involved with some celebrities, Meryl, Meryl Streep, Michelle Pfeiffer, Queen Latifah, Michael Keaton, and the Young Presidents Organizations as well. You know, you, you start in as acting, but then you went into training. How did the tr- celebrity training come into fruition from what you're already doing? Uh, well, because I worked on Batman Returns, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is is such a generous and unbelievably kind person. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody else can say whatever the fuck they want about her, pardon my language. But it's to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right on. She, she was amazing. And, and here's one example. And it's the first example of the kind of person that she is. Um, I go on the job and I, I interview with the, the site coordinator and, you know, the whole the whole story of getting that job is pretty hilarious because, you know, I mean, I, I walk onto Warner Brothers and I'm trying to find this building where I'm supposed to talk to the site coordinator and I, you know, I've never done acting or stunt work or anything. I've never done anything. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I see this guy with straggly hair and, you know, uh, baggy <laughs> pants and a button-up shirt with skulls all over it. And I said, excuse me, sir, do you know where this building is? And he goes, yeah, um, what are you here for? And I told him that I'm going to talk to the fight coordinator for uh, Michelle Pfeiffer to, to double her. And he goes, oh, okay, well, let me walk you over. And he showed me where the building was, and he says, upstairs, the second door. Um, and I said, great. And he goes, okay, and he, and he wished me luck. And I went inside, and, and the guy made fun of me, being fat and overweight because I was just getting ready to go fight. It was hilarious, but you know uh, we were just joking. Uh-huh. So I, I I show him a video VHS tape of my one of my fights, and he gets a phone call. And after the phone call, he goes, "Okay, kid, why don't you uh, go down go down on the grassy area there and just move around a little bit and show me what you can do?" And I said, "Okay." And I go down and I'm shadow boxing because I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he goes, okay, come back up. And he says, all right, you got the job. Come back next Wednesday for wardrobe fitting. I want you to meet Michelle. And I said, okay. And I walked out the door and I thought again, holy shit, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so it gets better. I, I meet her and I tell him, look, I, I've got to go to Lake Tahoe to fight on Showtime. Um and it's going to be, you know, in, in a week. And is that okay? He goes, oh, it should be fine. Don't worry. Uh, we'll get you in here next We'll get you here Wednesday for wardrobe fitting. You'll meet Michelle, and then go ahead and go to your fight. I said, okay, great. So I meet Michelle. We do a wardrobe fitting. Uh, they measure every aspect of our being, period. I mean, everything. Everything uh-huh. you could possibly measure, they measured everything. Uh-huh. So <laughs> then I hop on a plane. I go to Lake Tahoe. Uh, and uh, I'm getting ready for the fight. I've got, you know, several days to, acc- to reacclimate to, uh, to mm-hmm. the altitude. 
we get a phone call from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is saying, um, can you come down here? Michelle really wants to train with you tomorrow. And I said, what? Tomorrow? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've got a fight in a couple of days. They said, oh, yeah, you did say you were going to be in Lake Tahoe, right? And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, well, do you think you could just fly down here, you know, and real quick and do a training session with her? Because she'd really like to work with you. And in my mind, wow. I'm going, crap, holy crap. So <laughs> here's what I did. I, I begged, borrowed, and, you know, I, I went around to everybody I knew, even the people I didn't know. <laughs> so I kept begging <laughs> for money to, to scrape up money to get a ticket because, you know, at the time, none of us, you know, we just caught me unaware. And mm-hmm. um, I managed to grab a, a quick round-trip flight, or a quick flight, just one, you know, a round-trip scary back up. Mm-hmm. So I got this round-trip ticket, and I drove myself all the way to Warner Brothers because I lived in Bakersfield. Um, so I flew into Burbank, drove to Warner Brothers. Uh, I, I see in the airport there's this coffee mug, and the coffee mug had this black cat that was, you know, had its haunches up and it was looking really angry, had this fierce look mm. on its face. Beneath it read, piss me off, suffer the consequences. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute because, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's playing Catwoman, the cat's black. And I thought, yeah, oh, this, would be a, this would be awesome. I'll give her this mug. Uh-huh. I get there and I knock on the door and it's already ajar, and I, I knock on it, and I hear Michelle Pfeiffer just livid. She's angry as hell at somebody on the phone, and I have no idea who it is, but she's just just <laughs> boring into them. It's like, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I come on the scene. I haven't even really officially worked with her yet, and she's pissed off. This is not a good way to start a training center. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> She gets off the phone, and I knock again. And she walks out, uh-huh. and she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Did you hear all that? <laughs> and what am I going to say? Uh, no, I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said, I-, I did, but, you know, it's okay. It happened. She goes, no, look, I just want you to know that this whoever it was as I was yelling at, they had promised to do several things for me, and they never they didn't follow through with it. And I just it put me in a really big bind. And and I said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And she looked at me, and I said, I have a gift for you. And I, I shoved this mug in her face. <laughs> was like, this is my peace offering. Please don't take it all out on me. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> and she looks. Oh, it gets better. She looks at the mug. And she says, oh, my God, this is adorable. And so she used it every single day of the shoot. Every day, every day that she was there drinking her coffee, she was drinking it out of that mug. No oh, other mug, just cool that, that one. That is very cool. That's so listen, cool. Here's, here's what she did. Here's what she did that was so amazing. It wasn't that. She looked hmm. at me and she said, so um, – Am I to understand that you've got a fight in a couple of days? I said, yeah, I, I do. Um, and Warner Brothers called and asked if I'd come work with you today. She goes, yeah, yeah, I was really hoping I could train with you today. But but I had no idea that you were going to fight in a couple of days until they told me. And I said, um, yeah, but it's okay. I'm here. I'd, be, I'd love to work with you. I'd, I'm more than happy to. She said, okay, great. Let's train. 
so I trained her, and I basically just kind of put her through. I had her kicking, and and I, I wanted to see what her athleticism was, what her mm-hmm. whether or not she was flexible. I wanted to see, you know, what she was capable of doing and, and was comfortable with doing. So mm-hmm. I just kind of ran an assessment with her. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, um, she thanked me, and I thanked her, and, and we set up a time to train again after I got back. Mm-hmm. Well, when I get back and we're getting ready to go on to the film, the production company calls me and they say, can you come into the office? And I said, sure. And I came into the office and they said, um, so look, uh, Michelle had a talk with us. And I huh. looked at them and I thought, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, uh-oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what didn't I do? What did I say? What didn't uh-huh. I say? Crap, what's going on? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they said... So she found out that you spent your own money to buy out here to work with her that day, and you had a fight in a couple of days after that. And I said, "Yes, that's true." I remember, I remember uh, talking to you guys about that. They said, "Yeah, we remember that too." But you know, here's here's what Michelle is, is has arranged for you. Is the way they put it mm-hmm. that you you whether you work or not, you will be paid for every single day of the shoot. What? Even if you're, if yes, even if you're not working. <laughs> Whoa! Holy moly! <laughs> wow! I'm just saying, you know, That's people amazing. people can be pretty, people can be pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, wow! Way to go, Michelle! Wow! I mean, exactly. like right right now on Facebook, I've got like um, on my uh on my feed there's a there's a big fan of Michelle Pfeiffer and she's just she's just like, Hell yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's amazing. You go girl. That's what she that's what she's saying, you know, on here. And I'm just yeah. like, Wow. That's that's so yeah. awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. People can be so damn cool. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I you know, this whole conversation that we've had over the last two hours has been really damn cool it's just that now my my clock is ticking and it's saying you have five minutes and i'm like what <laughs> we, we i i know your clock's ticking rosie yeah well <laughs> no okay. she's not gonna have kids no i'm not gonna have kids <laughs> i'm not gonna have kids no, no. nope <laughs> too old for that <laughs> but um you could always you know, adopt but yeah i get it well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Who, exactly. who needs kids when she has me? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If I if I if I ever feel that like motherly instinct going on, I just call up Bob and go, "Hey, what can I fix?" But anyway, um, would you be interested, like, uh, at a later date, Cat, uh, coming on for like a part two, and we can uh, talk about other stuff, get more into the spirituality part of it? Because I know there uh, there were people that called in, but weren't weren't pressing one one is to get them in the caller queue and i know that these people are very much into the spiritual aspect um of our of our existence and stuff um and and would you be interested in joining us for a part two somewhere down the road of course yeah no problem. You, you know it's funny you ask that though rossi because this is the one guest that i feel that we haven't even scratched the surface yet no we haven't no we haven't i think you know i feel the same way i think you know I, I think another part two or part three would be would be perfect with Kathy. We could make so it a quarterly I, thing. How's that? Hey, you know what? Yeah, I would love that. 
I would love, we would love that if you could join us as a special guest co-host, um, you know, uh, or even another interview guest, like every three months or something. Um, cause this year, you know, me and Bob, you know, we, we've got like some pretty, you know, we've got some pretty cool plans for this year and stuff like that. And that's a really great idea, Kat. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Man. I think that would, that would be very cool. And, uh, so Bob, that means we get to add a little more categories to our to our lineup in our show. I think that would be very cool. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk. Let's all get be. together and talk about this uh, a little bit more. Uh, but you know what? Okay. I, I visit Burbank a lot to visit Bob and to go to events at the Martial Arts History Museum and stuff. So next time I come down, let's all get together and have dinner or something. Yes, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's Absolutely. do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for joining us. And thank you, Bob, for being patient with me. <laughs> oh, like I have a you're choice. A good, you're a good sport, Bob. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's why we love you, man. We love you. Yeah, so yeah. for letting us harass you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, and now check it out. I mean, we're going to have Kat on here, like, every three months to help me harass you. Great. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need help. I don't think you need help, girl. I think you're doing just oh. fine. <laughs> oh, thanks, son. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Thank you, listeners. Now all the Facebook listeners are, like, chiming in. But, hey, you know, the show's over. So you're going to have to, like, catch the show next time Kat's on uh, in about another three months or something like that. So have a great rest of the weekend, everyone. Have a great rest of your night, Kathy and Bob. And we'll talk Thank to you. everyone next time. All right. Take care. Okay now. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.